Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, Montana? Happy Thursday. Glad you're here with us. This is Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana and the ESPN MT app. Hope everybody out there is enjoying uh, this pre-holiday week in the Treasure State. I'm Andrew Houghton. Colter Nuanez out for the next two days this week. He'll be back at it actually on Saturday. We'll have our live college game day broadcast from the University of Montana campus right before the Grizz kickoff against North Dakota State in the national semifinals. So you'll hear Coulter starting at noon on 102.9 FM on Saturday. He'll also be back on Monday no matter what happens in that game to break it down. Either the Grizz are going to Frisco or the Bison Dynasty continues. So he'll be back with the Montana Football Hour to break that down on Monday. But after that, no more Nuanas now for the year. It's been a good year. It's been a long year. Uh, last few shows of the year left for you. I'm Andrew Houghton. Jeff Safford also with me here behind the glass at the Missoula Broadcasting Company Studios. We got plenty to get to today. Again, you're listening to Nuanas now, your favorite daily sports talk show covering sports all around the state of Montana. You can find us always on 102.9 ESPN Radio here in the Garden City or on SWX Montana statewide or on the ESPN MT app worldwide. Uh, You can also always listen to the live stream online. Go to 1029ESPN.com and click on Nuanez Now. Listen live. we got to get to it. Plenty to get to today. 
First hour, we'll have some news briefs from around the state of Montana. Big coaching move across the continental divide in Bozeman. A legendary Bobcat linebacker promoted to defensive coordinator. We'll touch on that. All-American teams starting to be released in the FCS. Uh, Also got some basketball news. Grizz and Lady Grizz returning to the court this weekend. We'll hear a little bit from the voice of the Grizz. Riley Corcoran joined Coulter Nuanez earlier in the week for an interview that you can find in its entirety on the Big Sky Breakdown on SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll have a couple quick excerpts from that interview with voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, uh, breaking down last week's Grizz win over Furman in the FCS quarterfinals, uh, and also a little bit previewing this week's matchup. I know, you, I know, <laughs> I assume everybody in the state has heard by now. Grizz hosting North Dakota State Saturday, two thirty p.m. Washington Grizzly Stadium. Winner goes to Frisco in January to play for the FCS National Championship. Also in the first hour. Myself and Jeff Safford, we're going to do what we like to do, which is talk a little baseball here. I know it's December, but the hot stove is heating up and boiling over. Shohei Otani signing a historic deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers over the weekend. We'll break that down. Jeff Safford's also got a little bit more of a, a unique look into a, into an interesting corner of the baseball world. There's going to be a new Pioneer League team competing with the Missoula Paddleheads and the Great Falls Voyagers and the Billings Mustangs and all of our local teams here in Montana next year. The the twist is teams based in Oakland. So we'll hear from Tyler Peterson, uh, who's part of the front office there with the Oakland Ballers. Really interesting interview that our man Jeff Safford did. We'll hear that one to close out hour number one. Second hour? Thursday, that means there's NFL football tonight, and that means Brooks Nuanez in studio with Coulter playing Guess the Lines, breaking down all the NFL games this weekend, telling you which way to lean at the uh, Sportsbet Montana kiosk, maybe helping you win a little money this weekend. That'll be all football all the time to kick off hour number two. And we'll also hear in the second hour, North Dakota State offensive lineman Jalen Sundell. As Coulter said... Every time the Grizz or the Cats play North Dakota State, we're going to end up hearing from a Bison offensive lineman on the show at some point during that week because the offensive line is the strength of that program. And uh, those are the horses that have carried the Bison to this unprecedented run of success every year, as Coulter says. If you're one of the best offensive linemen in North Dakota State, not only are you probably an All-American, you're probably going to get a shot at the next level as well. Uh, so Jalen Sundell, offensive lineman for the North Dakota State Bison, will join us to kick our, to uh, to finish up our number two there. Plenty to get to here on your Thursday. Want to start over in Bozeman. You're listening to Nuanez now, by the way. ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana and the ESPN MT app. Again, Coulter Nuanez out today and tomorrow. So myself, Andrew Houghton, and Jeff Safford will be Ending the week with you here on Nuanez Now. We're going to get started over in Bozeman. Big news this morning. In fact, our guy Coulter breaking a little news on SkylineSportsMT.com. Willie Mack Garza's contract not going to be renewed for another year as Montana State's defensive coordinator. Bobby Daly is in. And so the, uh, the Bobcats promoting from within Bobby Daly, the new defensive coordinator over there at Montana State, a guy who has 
been a huge part of that Montana State program for over a decade now. Uh, a legendary linebacker for the Bobcats. He's been Montana State's linebackers coach since 2019. So Brent Vegan promoting from within there to replace Willie Mac Garza as the defensive coordinator for MSU. I know Coulter's going to have a lot more about this move. I know he knows Bobby Daly really well. Wouldn't be surprised if we heard from Bobby Daly here on Nuanez now. Uh, maybe not before the new year, uh, but certainly sometime in January. We'll, we'll likely hear from Bobby Daly here on Nuanez now. Here's just a little bio file on Bobby Daly, the new Montana State defensive coordinator. He's a great player at Helen Capital. Uh, his his dad played for the Bobcats, so he was a legacy, but he was a great player for Helen and Capital, walked on with MSU, and was a three-time All-Big Sky Conference pick at linebacker for the Bobcats in the late 2000s, mid to late 2000s, I guess. Uh, finished his playing career with 382 tackles, which is still the fourth most in Bobcat history, and there have been several great linebackers to have played at Montana State after him, including... Uh, his younger brother, uh, including Troy Anderson, sorry, his younger brother Brad Daly, who won the 2013 Buck Buchanan Award for the Bobcats, uh, Troy Anderson, Nolan Askelson, who just finished up his career uh, this this season, uh, Bobby Daly uh, also coached, started his coaching career at Bozeman High, went on to be an assistant at Idaho under Paul Petrino moved back to or moved back to Bozeman in 2019 and has been the linebackers coach ever since and is now uh, the new defensive coordinator for Brent Vegan over there at Montana State. Some other FCS news: All American teams starting to be released as we're coming down to the final weeks of the playoffs here. There are a bunch of outlets that release All-American teams for the FCS. Uh, Hero Sports does. Stats FCS does. Several other uh, independent publications release their All-American teams. And these teams vary in you know how many positions that they include. Some teams will have five wide receivers on the first team. Hero Sports always does their really valuable freshman and sophomore All-American teams for the FCS. But the big one, the granddaddy of them all, is the Associated Press All-American teams. Those were released on Tuesday, and plenty of representation from Montana, from Montana State, and from the Big Sky Conference. Four Bobcats on that list. Offensive lineman Marcus Weir making the first team. Sean Chambers was named a a second-team All-American as an all-purpose player. Uh, Rush Reimer was also on that second team for the Associated Press, and Brody Greeby, defensive lineman from Melstone, third team All-American per the Associated Press. Grizz had three honorees on that team. Alex Gubner, defensive tackle, uh, Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year, is the Montana Grizzlies' lone first-team All-American. Junior Bergen, punt returner and receiver, Second team as an all-purpose player in Braxton Hill, who led the Grizz with 106 tackles, made the third team as a linebacker there for the Associated Press. A couple other Big Sky players to mention here. Two other Big Sky players on the first team, All-America. 
Weber State offensive lineman Noah Tagi, Idaho defensive back Marcus Harris. Uh, both of those picks, not really much to argue with. Noah Tagi, consensus all Big Sky Conference first team offensive lineman. Uh, he's been a fixture there at Weber State for several years. And Marcus Harris, cornerback at Idaho, who just actually just went into the transfer portal following the Vandals' loss in the playoffs to Albany. Uh, another guy whose whose name has been ringing around the league for several years. So there you go. First team All-Americans from the Big Sky Conference. One more news brief earlier this week from over there in Bozeman. Tommy Malott, and I know that uh, a lot of people wondering about his status after he suffered a brutal injury, what looked like a brutal injury, in the Bobcats' second-round FCS playoff loss to North Dakota State. He couldn't finish that game. If you were watching that game, you know what I'm talking about. His knee got bent back. Looks really bad. Uh, Good news out of Bozeman. 406 MT Sports reporting that Tommy Malott's injury does not require surgery, uh, and he should be good to go for winter workouts and for spring ball for the Bobcats. You're listening to Nuanez now. Coulter Nuana is not in studio, of course. I'm Andrew Houghton, coming to you live from the Missoula Broadcasting Company studios here on the north side of Missoula. Myself and Jeff Safford will be uh, with you to close out the week here on Nuanez Now. Coulter, uh, he's got he's got some time off that he needs to take here at the end of the year. So uh, myself and Jeff Safford will be hosting the show today and tomorrow. Coulter will be back with you for our college game day tailgate on Saturday from noon to 1.30. Uh, Coulter will also be back with you on Monday to uh, to recap that Montana versus NDSU game taking place on Saturday. And then after that, we're off for the year. Uh, so just a, a few more broadcasts left here on Nuanez now. You can always join the conversation. 406-888-1029 is the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Call us, text us. Uh, you're going to want to keep that number handy because we've got still a pair of tickets for the FCS semifinals. NDSU at Montana kicking off at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. We'll give those away later in the show, but just keep that number handy. We do still have a pair of tickets for that game. We're going to give them away to one lucky listener. Keep it tuned for your chance to win. We also have a bunch of basketball tickets. Lady Grizz are going to be back in Dahlberg Arena uh, in the sort of that week between Christmas and New Year's. That's now the new start of the Big Sky Conference season. Those are their next home games. So we've got tickets to both the games December 29th against Weber State and then New Year's Eve against Idaho State. Just text me right now, 406-888-1029. Tell me which of those games you want, and we'll have a pair of tickets for you. Again, Lady Grizz tickets December 29th against Weber State, December 31st against Idaho State. Text me here at the station, and uh, we'll get you a pair of those tickets so you can enjoy some holiday basketball at Dahlberg Arena. Talking about the Lady Grizz, It's been a it's been a rough couple weeks for them. Uh, Libby Stump and Imogen Greenslade out for the season. Danny Barch battling a knee injury, or sorry, battling a hip injury. Uh, still unclear on what Danny Barch's status is, how long she's going to be out for. Doesn't sound like a season-ending injury for Danny Barch for the Lady Grizz. 
Um, but we'll see if she's back, if she's at 100%. Lady Grizz going on the road. They're going to play at Cal Poly on Saturday night. And then they're going to play two next week in the University of San Diego Winter Classic. The Men Grizz, kind of interesting here. They're not going to be back home until after the new year. They don't play at Dahlberg Arena until conference play on January 6th. But they've got two non-conference rematches here, which is sort of an interesting thing that I haven't really seen before. The The Grizz beat UC Davis 78-65 to earlier in the season at Dahlberg Arena. They also beat San Jose State 75-58 to earlier in the season at Dahlberg Arena. In fact, not even two weeks ago. That game was on December 2nd. Well, the Grizz are going to see both those teams again, this time on the road. They're going to play San Jose State on Sunday, 3 p.m. Mountain Time tip-off. Uh, and then they're going to play UC Davis on the road on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Uh, interesting. I, I guess that's a that's a great measuring stick for Travis DeCure at Montana, getting the chance to play a common opponent twice in the non-conference. Uh, this is a time of the season when you're really anticipating a lot of development from your players. You want to see, you know, how they've progressed going into conference play, and now you get the chance to do that by playing the same teams that you played just about a month ago. So that's interesting. Uh, our guy Riley Corcoran, he's going to be a busy, busy man between Montana's running the football playoffs and those Grizz basketball games. He'll be on the call, of course, voice of the Grizz. Uh, Saturday for that NDSU game. Then he's going to California to call that San Jose State game on Sunday and the UC Davis game on Tuesday. After that, Men Grizz open their conference season. They're playing the reverse of the teams the Lady Grizz are playing, so they're at Weber State and at Idaho State, so he's got to go down to Ogden and Pocatello. And then the Men Grizz have the Big Sky Summit Challenge They're playing at North Dakota State on January 3rd and hosting South Dakota on January 6th. But that could all be thrown out of whack because if Montana football wins on Saturday, Grizz are going to be in Frisco playing either South Dakota State or UAlbany. So it's going to be a busy couple weeks of traveling here for, for the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. Here is Riley Corcoran talking a little bit first about last week's Montana football game against Furman. Grizz coming out with a quarterfinal win. Here's Riley Corcoran talking about the star of that game, Junior Bergen. First of all, Bobby Houck is definitely one of the best special teams coaches in the country. Point blank, not not arguable. There isn't a guy that has drawn up more kicks and punts for touchdowns than Bobby Houck in the last 20 years in college football, period. If we went through the stats, that's an absolutely affirmable stat. That, that's going to be a fun offseason project. you, you I mean, got my mind jogging. 100% absolutely. has yes. to be. I mean, yeah. Dude, there's so many teams that don't ever house punts and kicks. They have housed so many punts and kicks under Bobby Halk over the last 12 seasons during the 21st century. It's crazy. But there's also a certain element of other coaches just not believing it. When Benham pinned him deep, I was like, you watch, Andrew. I was like, they're going to go three and out, punt from their end zone, and Bergen's going to house it up the sidelines. And he's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, dude, because if they get it with the punter pinned behind the end zone, they run their sideline return, and all it takes is one block. And that's what happened. Jackson Lee got the block, and they housed it. It's Bobby Hulk's dream come true. But I can't believe 
that other coaches don't believe that that's true. It's totally predictable. If Bergen's going to catch it at midfield, they are going to run us a punt return up the sideline. I, I, if I'm an opposing coach, I'm saying, kid, no matter what happens, kick it out of bounds. Run for a three-yard game. Whatever you need to do, just do not kick it to this guy. I've got moments that are just kind of popping in my head a little bit, too. But you think about it, Bergen's first career punt return touchdown was Portland State. Up the sideline, the other direction towards the north end zone. I'm even thinking Jerry Louis McGee against North Alabama. Exact same spot on the field when he ran yep. it. So you're right. It is that sideline run, corner of the end zone. And, man, it has just been incredible to see. And you're right from the emotionally invested side of things. I mean, I was getting ready to go even keel. We were going to work our way up into that game. And I told Junior, and we went to the uh, TV show to record it yesterday with Kyle Hansen, the Grizzly Insider, that, man, you wrecked my voice. He started laughing. I'm like, man, you wrecked it for the whole game. But that game was just on, on such a different level because he set the tone right away. He's for sure on the Mount Rushmore of Grizz returners now. Oh, without a question. I just got off the phone with Mark Mariani. And he yeah. said, yeah, that, that guy, he, he's up there. I mean, it's, it's Mariani. And Junior Bergen and probably Tough Harris has to be on there. And then the other, the four spots between Jefferson Heilberger, Lavander Seegers, Jerry Louie McGee. I'm just going to say, you got to have JLM in there, at yeah. least at least in consideration. Those, yeah. are, the, those are the top six, yeah. right? But, but absolutely, Mark and Junior are definitely on there. Yeah, I, I think mean, so. I, Malik Flowers has got to be on there too. Oh, Malik's he, on there. Yeah, Malik's on there. He didn't do double duty, though. That's the problem. True. And but Mary Annie didn't really do punts until the playoffs his senior year either. He was just a kick return guy as well. So Tough Harris was just so special because he could do both. So was just Jefferson Heilberger. Here's a stat for your broadcast. Last time a guy took a kick and a punt back for a touchdown in the same game, 2002, Jefferson Heilberger gets Northwestern playoffs. State. Playoffs. Playoffs. How is this all happening in the playoffs, too? So right. Not only that in 02, but the Grizz wasn't the same player, but they ran a kick and a punt return back against Simo last year. That's two straight years Wild. that they've had two return touchdowns, same game. I mean, to put this in perspective wow. for the folks that are wondering how rare this is, I've covered Montana State as a beat since the 2010 season. I have seen five kick and punt returns for touchdowns total in that time. We've seen that many in the last month for the Grizz. I mean, it's <laughs> it's crazy how truly rare it is, but how Montana makes it seem like it's not rare. So Bergen's definitely up there for sure. Okay, the other guys I want to ask you about. Uh, first of all, is the is this Eli Gilman just having a target on his back now that he's known as the top freshman of the year in the country? I think there's a little bit of that. Number one, I do think that, that number two that they they went right into the teeth of the strength because two weeks in a row. I mean, Delaware was dead set on taking him away as well. Yeah, I, I think that he's got a lot more focus on him now, and that, that it's more of. Okay, I think Osmo is still coming in. People still believed, maybe going into the season, that he was going to be the guy. Now, Gilman's got the target on his back. So, I do think there's a little bit of that. Might have been a part of two linemen for the Grizzlies were kind of dinged up during that game, too. But, yeah, uh, some of it, definitely the last two games, I think Gilman, certainly underneath his standards. The thing to me, Coulter, that stood out, I mean, the Grizzly running backs didn't have a carry for more than six yards in the entire game, which is really, really hard to fathom. Well, part of that is the the defense taking them away, and that's why Clifton McDowell had a career high, 21 for 118. So, I don't know. You give, you take away. I think that's uh, a deal. But but I think this is worth at least one follow-up on this. This is the difference in the growth of, of the Grizz and the that's offense, right. right? Because if this would have happened last year, let's just say in Fargo, uh-huh. they didn't have the quarterback run game. 
right? right? So you don't have another option to go to. Therefore, you become one-dimensional and only become a passing team. Might not have won a game like this against Furman. So the added element of that plus-one run game with the quarterback showed up more than any other game on Friday. It's one of the biggest changes for the Grizz is it used to be that if you either attacked them where they were vulnerable or you took away the things they do best, they didn't have anything else to go to. Now they, they have a bunch of stuff to go to. The flexibility of this team has been very impressive. Um Last thing I want to ask you about, you mentioned the offensive line being a little bit banged up. They made this change like early October where they started running these wide splits. It's worked great for them. Part of that's because it helps you get guys out on the edge. It helps you mitigate your pass blocking a little bit. Bobby Alex talked for the last couple weeks about how this team's offensive line is way more athletic than it is like powerful, and I think that's a correct evaluation, obviously. But Furman was shooting gaps all game long. And it took Montana a little while to, to start exploiting that. NDSU runs this, I mean, it's the same defense they've run for 20 years. It's this 4-2-5 with all these sweet line games. They don't blitz. It's the same defense the Cats run. But the, but NDSU twists a little bit more, and they run a little bit more line game stuff. I'm just so interested to see how that matchup goes on Saturday, because it, it could be one way or the other. Like, NDSU is going to be as good, if not better, than Furman up front. And that stuff could really fluster the Grizz with those wide splits. Or also, though, if you can gap scheme it up a little bit, then you can gash him as well. I don't know. It's going to be the, the ultimate matchup within the trenches for football guys, right, that love for breaking sure. it down and just seeing if there's any adjustments. And I, I even go back more than just when the Grizzlies went to those wide splits in October. Let's go back to the game last year. I mean, obviously, that is I think that's relevant for how NDSU attacked Montana, at least with their offensive line a year ago, whether you believe it's better this year than last year. I mean, that that's for everyone to have their own opinion on. But I think the adjustments there are going to be probably what tells the story of this game because the Grizzlies are going to have to have explosive plays. I think what's interesting about this matchup too, Coulter, is that both of these squads offensively have just went to a different gear in the last in the back half of the season. It, everyone wants to talk about the defense, the line play, all of it. What they've been able to do offensively, both of these teams are just scoring. And, and although you might think it might be a defensive battle, to me on paper, right away, it looks like it could be a shootout more than anything else. So all of that being said, going back to your initial question, making sure that you are explosive in the run game, yeah. absolutely paramount to stay in this one here on Saturday. And then you just got to be able to run the ball enough to get yourself the mismatches on the perimeter. Because at the end of the day, for as much as we've praised this great defense the Grizz have, their advantages in the kick game, the emergence of Clifton McDowell, all of it, the number one factor that Montana has over everybody else is that they have better athletes on the perimeter offensively than the guys that are going to be guarding them. Now that Keelan White's turned into a true all-conference type guy, the, you got three dudes who nobody else can match up with. If you take away two of them, the third guy's going to have a mismatch all day long still. Well, and let's talk about Keelan White. I mean, the for playoff sure. run, what he's done. I mean, he's one dropped catch away from Delaware for having a 150-yard game. He had a yep. streaker across the middle. What do you have on Saturday, 91? Yeah, yeah, 91 yards and obviously catches the winning touchdown, touchdown in overtime. Yep. So he is emerging now. And, and Junior, and they're all great. And that's the best part about the three wide receivers. They, they don't care whose day it is on a, on a given Saturday or a Friday night, whatever it may be. But you're right. I think that the biggest advantage Montana probably has right now is those skill position guys and, and where they're at at wide receiver. Clifton McDowell has such a good relationship with all of them, kind of knows where they're going to be 99% of the time outside the For one sure. miscommunication they had that nearly cost the Grizzlies the game too. 
There you go. Riley Corcoran with Colter Nuanez on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, we're killing the second excerpt from Riley because we're already behind schedule here. We might come back to that one later in the show. But if not, you can always find it on the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, the full conversation between Colter Nuanez and Riley Corcoran going into this huge Montana football game against the North Dakota State Bison on Saturday. The advocates want to wish you happy holidays. The holidays should be joyful and exciting, but if you're injured because of someone else's negligence, you're robbed of that happiness. Call the advocates today so they can start fighting for you and the settlement you deserve so you can get back to enjoying the holiday season. Chat anytime at MontanaAdvocates.com or 406-640-4444. You deserve an advocate. You're listening to Nuanez now here on 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, in the ESPN MT app. I'm Andrew Houghton sitting in for the big man culture Nuanez today. Coulter will be back with you on Saturday. We'll be doing our live college game day tailgate broadcast from right there on the north side of campus, just across, uh, just across the walking bridge uh, in the Albertsons parking lot, thanks to our friends at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Coulter will be live from noon until 1.30 p.m., leading up to that 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Stop by and say hi. He'll be there. Rajim Seabrook will be there. I hear Jeff Safford might even be there. Uh, Coulter will also be back in the studio on Monday for our final Nuanez Now broadcast of the year. Switching gears a little bit, we're going to talk a little baseball. I'm going to hand the mic over to Jeff Safford. I'm going to go sit in the studio, and I'll play the role of the guest. We've got uh, a historic contract to talk about, Shohei Otani. He's not moving very far, but he's a lot richer. He's going to be a lot richer uh, than he than he has been, the biggest star in baseball, signing a history-setting contract, and the biggest domino of the offseason has fallen. Jeff Safford and I will cover that coming up next. You're listening to Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. It's the one is now. 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What's up, everybody? 
Welcome in, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio Missoula, the ESPN MT app. Nuanas Now, Coulter Nuanas is not with you. This is Jeff Safford, Andrew Houghton rocking along with you as well. He is in the studio right now, rocking what looks to be Big Sky Brewing t-shirt. Of course, this is the Garden City. You gotta be loving your beer, right? And this being segment two, getting ready for some football tomorrow, of course, in Washington Grizzly Stadium. There might be some Snow on the ground, might be a bit of a chill in the air. Let's talk some baseball here on 1029 ESPN Radio. You get to hear a lot about baseball in the summertime with the Missoula Paddleheads. It'll be coming back in May. They recently released their schedule, did the Paddleheads, a 12-game road trip to start it out in May. Whoa, baby, I've never had one that long, so that'll be interesting. But this segment, want to thank the Silver Slipper a proud supporter of Montana Grizzly hockey as well. The Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch all the sports. Whether it's NBA, NFL, or NHL, the Silver Slipper will have it on for you. Drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. Sounds great. There's no other, there's nowhere else you should go to watch your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all the great food tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by the Silver Slipper today. It's Montana's best kept secret. Now, thinking about baseball, Andrew Houghton talked about it right at the end of the last segment. The big news coming over the weekend, coming out of sunny Southern California. As Andrew alluded to, he's not going long, but instead of wearing red, and maybe rocking it with the rally monkey out there in Anaheim. He is now a Dodger Blue Los Angeles Dodger. And eventually will be $700 million richer with that humongous contract. Andrew, what was your first reaction when you saw this news come out? Obviously, you can't be that shocked by the amounts. I mean, some people were talking billion-dollar contract, crazy thing to think about. But what was your first reaction to hearing the news and seeing it was the Dodgers? We're heading to Moscow to watch the Idaho Vandals uh, on Saturday when we got the ESPN notification. We were in St. Regis, basically. We were heading over to the Palouse. And I know the Dodgers were the favorite, but the first thing is, is you're shocked that it's the Dodgers. And the second thing is... It says $700 million. And I don't think you ever get used to seeing a number that big. And that was just uh, jaw-dropping. 10 years, $700 million. Uh, And I know, of course, more news came out about that contract later. uh, But that was just unbelievable. Yeah, I know, obviously, just being... It looked like introduced as an official member of the Dodgers today and... The way he introduced it also, I thought, was kind of interesting how it was so seemingly anticlimactic. Everybody was looking for this moment. I mean, we had the big snafu the the day almost before where a reporter falsely said he was going to Toronto and we had this big kerfuffle. But the announcement was just kind of this rudimentary post on social media with a Dodger logo. What was your... Take about that, where it was all this buildup. Where is he going to go? Who is he talking to? Oh, he's signing with Toronto. And then it was just kind of, here you go. Here's your announcement. Well, a couple things. 
It fits with what Shohei Otani's personality is. It fits with what he said about this free agency sort of saga the entire time. Remember, one of the big talking points about his free agency was that he didn't want it even to be reported that he was taking meetings with these teams. Uh, so he's a guy who I think wanted to just get it done in private, not have a ton out there about it, and sort of the low-key nature of that announcement fits in with that. The other thing is kind of a black eye for the national baseball media that there was this entire circus around it. I mean, you had, like Jeff said, Toronto Blue Jays fans thinking that he was on a plane to Toronto the day before tracking this private jet that turned out to be one of the guys from Shark Tank instead and not Shohei Otani. <laughs> Shark but you had, Tank. Yeah, but you had the national baseball media r- r- reporting it like, hey, this is a done deal. He's going to Canada. Yeah, and you even had Drake wearing a Shohei Otani jersey and Toronto seemingly building behind it. They're thinking, oh, we're getting Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Shohei, and here we go. And instead, he's in Dodger blue. Now, on the opposite side of it, you you kind of alluded to it. You said you're not shocked that it's the Dodgers. People kind of circled L.A. as one of their top three teams, I think, them and New York were the two, the Yankees were probably the two biggest teams. And I would think a lot of people then were putting stake in the Seattle Mariners, just thinking about where Ichiro had been in the 2000s, obviously, and it being close to Japan and everything else. But were you a little bit disappointed that it was just the team that everybody kind of thought it was going to be all along? Yeah. I think we kind of let ourselves believe a little bit that it might have been the Seattle Mariners or the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you know, we get this narrative in the NBA so often of guys taking the easiest road, and everybody made fun of LeBron the first time for teaming up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh in Miami. Kevin Durant got a ton of heat for signing up with the Warriors to win his title. Uh, and I think we all understand that that is what is best in a lot of cases for these athletes, but we don't want to see it because we don't think that it's going to be interesting. We want to see him go to Seattle, a team that has barely made the playoffs in the last 20 years, a team that has never won the World Series, and make that his team and really become a legend in a town like that or in Toronto, which they've won World Series in Toronto. They certainly have baseball heroes there. But in a place like Toronto or Seattle, Shohei Otani has the chance to be the greatest player in the history of that franchise. It's tougher to do in a place like like Los Angeles, and especially on a team that already has two of the five, ten other biggest stars in baseball in, in Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And that's just naming a few, and a lot of news maybe would have been talked about this with the Dodgers this week if it wasn't for Shohei Otani, but... Oh, by the way, they have this future Hall of Fame, all-everything left-hander named Clayton Kershaw that nobody knows what he's doing yet. Obviously, he's been around since 2008, and he's not the Clayton Kershaw of yesteryear winning Cy Youngs, but still, he's Clayton Kershaw, and whenever he makes a decision on his future with the Dodgers, whether he's ending his career or continuing, what will be one of the best careers of this generation of pro baseball it'll be interesting to see what he does too yeah i don't think there's any way that clayton kershaw doesn't come back to la i mean if if you're going to come back for a season and he is sort of year to year at this point why wouldn't you do it for a team that is going to be the favorite to win the world series 
Yeah, you 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 don't you absolutely do not see Clint Kershaw playing anywhere else. It's just a question of if he's going to play or not. You yeah, would think. I think that that having the chance to pitch in the same rotation as Shohei Otani, of course Shohei Otani won't be pitching this year because he had Tommy John last year. I got to think we, that lights the fire under under just about right. anybody in baseball, particularly a right. guy like Clayton Kershaw, who's who's also been one of the greats. Which, yeah, and I didn't even think about it that way, thinking about, yeah, Shohei Otani not pitching next season, that really in a lot of ways maybe does open the door for a guy like Clayton Kershaw, thinking about maybe one last ride, so to speak. If he can get that left arm working with the curveball one last season, one last push, maybe one last World Series championship without an asterisk, maybe that's a way to end it if you're Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, and I think the last thing to mention about this deal, right, in this offseason is that the Dodgers aren't done, right? That was the second huge talking point to come out of this deal besides just the Shohei Otani was going to the Dodgers. Instead, he deferred $680 million of that $700 million. He's going to get paid $2 million each of the next 10 years. There are a bunch of reasons why you would do this. It could potentially help him with taxes later in his career, so he'll get paid $2 million while he's playing for the length of this contract per year, and then starting the year after the contract ends, 11 years from now, he'll get paid $68 million a year for 10 years to bring the total value of the contract up to $700 million. Potential tax implications for him being able to move out of California after that time, but huge implications for the Dodgers' payroll, right? They have a ton of cash and a ton of luxury tax room now to go after other players. And in fact, that was one of the stipulations of Otani agreeing to a deal like that is that they use it to build out the rest of the roster. So they're not done. I mean, they met with Yoshinobu Yamamoto today. And I've heard um, Josh Hader's name floated around also. Uh, And, And there's plenty of other pitching in that, in that free agent market, I mean, Jordan Montgomery's still waiting on to be signed. Blake Snell, of course, hasn't been signed yet. Uh, they've got the lineup set, you would think. I mean, you're going to have some combination of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Will Smith hitting two, three, four, five. They could use another couple pitchers. I think they're going to get them, regardless of whether that's Clayton Kershaw coming back or one of these free agent guys. Andrew Houghton and Jeff Safford talking some baseball here on Nuwana is Now, ESPN Radio Missoula. We're up against it right now. We'll hopefully get some more MLB talk coming. But when we come back, we're going to listen to a snippet of an interview I did with a real cool guy, Tyler Peterson. He's been in the Pioneer League going into his fourth season just like I've been around. Obviously, I've been sticking around here with the Missoula Paddleheads, this being my fourth year on the mic with Missoula this coming May. But Tyler, he's bounced around the league a bit. He started in Idaho Falls in the pandemic season, which that was real interesting. Then he got a promotion with the Rocky Mountain Vibes and is now the assistant general manager and play-by-play man for the Oakland Ballers, Oakland, California headed to the Pioneer League. First time in 80-plus seasons. We'll hear what Tyler has to say about the new Oakland Ballers going up against the Missoula Paddleheads on Nuanas Now. Coming up next, so stick with us here on Western Montana Sports Leader, ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula. We'll throw back for you here on Nuanez Now. I'm Andrew Houghton, rolling with you here on your Thursday. Culture Nuanez out today and tomorrow. Myself and Jeff Safford will be bringing you a show here on ESPN Radio 
as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Happy you're here with us. Been a good first hour so far. Uh, some news briefs from around the state of Montana, including a new defensive coordinator there at Montana State. Also, Jeff and I just broke down the Shohei Otani signing. He's not uh, having to move very far. In fact, he might not have to move at all. But he's going from the Los Angeles Angels to the L.A. Dodgers. You can always join the conversation with us here. 406-888-1029 is the phone number. Keep those texts coming in. We've got uh, plenty of tickets for Lady Grizz basketball. December 29th against Weber State. December 31st against Idaho State. Shoot me a text. Tell me which of those games you want to go to. We've got a pair of tickets for you. We've also still got a pair of tickets for this week's big game. Montana hosting North Dakota State at Washington Grizzly Stadium, 2 p.m. to 30 p.m., excuse me. Saturday afternoon, we got a pair of tickets. Stay tuned to the second hour. We'll be giving those away to one lucky listener. But now we're going to talk a little bit more baseball. Don't really want to introduce this too much, but Jeff Safford will explain it for you in the bit. He caught up with a guy who's leading one of the more interesting projects in minor league baseball, uh, the Oakland Ballers. They'll be facing off against the Missoula Paddleheads and the rest of the Pioneer League next year. Here's Jeff Safford and Tyler Peterson. 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula, the host of Pioneer League Baseball. During the summer, the Missoula Paddleheads about to enter their fourth season of this iteration of the Pioneer League starting in May. But some big news just came out out of the Pioneer League. We may be thinking about Christmas gifts, the holidays, that sort of things. Maybe not the baseball field, but some big news. Recording this on a Thursday, this past Tuesday, a new Pioneer League team is on the way. And it's coming from sunny California, the Oakland Ballers. That's right, Oakland. That Oakland, the Bees, will be entering the Pioneer League. And visiting with us now is someone very involved with the project. He, like myself, will be entering his fourth year in the Pioneer League. First season, obviously, in Oakland. Tyler Peterson, a California native. He is the assistant general manager, also will be the play-by-play man for the Ballers. So a couple of, I guess, in this iteration of it, Pioneer League OGs getting together. Tyler, thanks for coming on with us for a few minutes. How's it going? Uh, it's, it's going great, Jeff. Uh, I'm here from sunny and oftentimes foggy California. Uh, as you would know, uh, having spent time in the Bay Area. Um, but we've just had a what I would consider a, a very successful launch. Um, we had fantastic feedback, um, not just from you know our local crowd that, that we really wanted to make sure saw this as a positive option for them, but also through, I mean, national and almost, you know, really international media as well, you know, between ESPN and, and front office sports and, and athletic and then you know the daily mail in in the uk and other places around the world we just we are really blown away from the type of uh a reception we have got in these first uh 42 to 78 hours now you being a bay area guy grew up in the east bay and around oakland itself you obviously grew up like i did with the oakland athletics and i feel like if you grew up in north northern bay area as a sports fan it's kind of right of passage to go sit out in left field bang the i guess the drums and everything else with that oakland a's crowd and obviously with everything that's happened with the a's the move out to vegas and everything else how rewarding is it for you as a bay area native knowing how special baseball is to to that community to be a part of this project. Well, look, I think you know the uh, the A's and and why they've been in the media so prominently in the last year, really last you know year and a half, 
um, you know, we all know what that reality is, or we think that we know what, what is going to happen more than likely. Um, but, but you're, you're right. Growing up, you know, going to the Coliseum, you know, it's, there's memories there. And, you know, I might be the last, uh, human being or creature on earth that still loves the, uh, Coliseum and thinks it's an amazing place to take in a game. I mean, you're talking about, you know, rites of passage as as a young man, a sports fan sitting out in the, uh, in the, in the bleachers in sort of an, an older style park, let's say, you know, back when there were infield dirt on the, uh, on the playing surface during Raider games, uh, without getting too graphic. If you're a guy, uh, <laughs> the troughs, if you're familiar with those, uh, Jeff. Um, oh yeah. But, oh, you know, I know the, exactly uh, what you're yeah. talking about. Uh, we, I don't think there's any, uh, mincing of words when you're bringing up a trough. And I've even had people say that they prefer that at sporting events for some reason. Why? I don't know. Maybe nostalgia. It's listen. It's it's the kind of thing that if you grow up with it, it feels like it's your backyard. It feels like it's your home. If you're coming in from somewhere else, you may not understand or have that feeling about it. But it's a place that I've always felt was sort of my home. Not that it belonged to someone else. It felt like it belonged to me growing up. Um, but for let's talk about it in the in the context of the ballers. Really, for me when I thought about, you know, when I was approached about this opportunity and, you know, the Pioneer League expanded California was really never something I had on my bingo card as as a possibility, but here it was and it was going to happen and it was going to happen with or without me. And when I understood that this was something that, um, the the vision behind it with with our co-founders, Paul and Brian, it was something I thought, you know, this is my opportunity to try to affect change in my community. Uh, from a baseball sense, uh, from a community-based sense, um, you know, helping develop uh, in, in an urban area, uh, you know, trying to bring back youth baseball, some of the other programs uh, associated just not with, with playing, you know, minor league independent baseball, but this has a social and community aspect to it. Then it was something I thought, you know, that I, I want to be a part of this uh, and I want to have a chance to, you know, uh, influence uh, how successful it can be. Tyler Peterson, the assistant general manager and play-by-play voice of the Oakland Ballers, the brand-new team entering the Pioneer League. We'll give him a couple more questions here and get him rolling there out in the Bay Area. But the Oakland Ballers, obviously, a shift in the Pioneer League. When you think Pioneer League baseball and its 70-plus-year history, you think teams like the Billings Mustangs, Idaho Falls, these franchises based in the Rocky Mountain region that have been around for quite a long time and obviously a team from the west coast is a different look so for fans that have been around pioneer league baseball for a long chunk of time where do you think the ballers will fit in to this growing tradition and where do you think they will add to the pioneer league in a positive way well you know through through 70 plus i think it's 85 years of of pioneer league baseball by now if you go to 1939 uh there's never been a, a california franchise and, you know, California is a different kind of demographic from, from Colorado, Utah, Idaho, and Montana, or, you know, Wyoming or, or Canada. I mean, there used to be a, a whole swath of other places that the Pioneer League branched out to, but never to California. So it is going to be a little bit different. I mean, if you're familiar with, with Oakland or the Oakland fans, you know, it's got its, its own kind of funk. And, uh, and Jeff, you're, from, you know, lived in the Bay Area, you, you know, what that little bit of what that's about. But, but, you know, looking at California, in terms of the Pioneer League, you know, as far as, you know, potential future expansion goes, who knows what's going to happen with some of these, these lower leagues. 
um, within the affiliated system. And that if, you know, this Oakland team can be very successful, we could see other places in California potentially become spots that the league might decide they, they might like to go to as well. You know, the, the biggest thing about California is, is, is the travel. It was just no one could ever travel there. But for us, our co-founders are, are heavily invested in, in creating a, a positive uh, community project. Um, and so we are going to fly to all of our road games with the ones uh, in the mountain states. And, you know, that's, that, that's, not, that's not cheap. You know, that, that requires um, uh, a, an investment uh, into this team and into the community. And, you know, that, that was a roadblock before. But really, you know, if, once we get past that, it's, you know, it, it's wide open. So now that we can have a California team or, you know, a Oregon team or Nevada team or whatever it might be, I think the successful uh, expansion to Oakland doesn't necessarily mean just on the field success. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, my goal is to win a championship in this first year, as is everyone else's intention within this league, uh, is to make the playoffs and, and to be a champion. But I think there will be other measuring sticks for us as far as what will be successful in Oakland itself. Now, obviously, our existence is something of a rebuttal uh, against the A's and against uh, the A's uh, ownership and what they're deciding to do. So there is going to be a, a little bit of that aspect, and that's something to which uh, the fan base in Oakland will rally behind. They will see us as, as an option that, that embraces them. And really, you know, you know Jeff, we want to be there for, for any A's fan that has, has rejected the A's now because they have rejected them. We are here for them. We are also here for those people who see that A as a family crest, and, we're, you know, and we ask them to make space in your heart for us too. So we are not trying to be necessarily just completely antagonistic, but it, it, it's a very real reality that, look, the A's are planning to leave. We are planning to come in, and it's very important for us to be uh, a positive uh, maker of change for the community. Well, last thing for Tyler Peterson, you know, you've had this big grand announcement the awesome Twitter video, all the positive things rolling in about the Oakland Ballers, all the excitement. But now what? What's the future steps now to keep things rolling with the Oakland Ballers? And what are the biggest goals you have going into opening day 2024? I think the key hires is the first thing. So we have a number of key hires we still have to make within our organization. We have uh, a field that we are uh, currently going to play at, Laney College, which is uh, a fantastic uh, facility for a junior college, but not prepared for minor league baseball. So the, the field itself is only uh, one year old. It's a beautiful playing surface. But now we have to uh, put in uh, a couple thousand more seats, uh, different fan experience areas to really transform that into a, a minor league ballpark. Uh, but key hires and, of course, the players, um, we are looking to put, uh, put a, a championship roster together in our first year, which is no small feat uh, because, you know, for players, especially players in the Pioneer League, you know, everybody's at a bit of a crossroads when you're, when you're having to play independent baseball. So making the case uh, to a guy for a team that, that has not established itself uh, in the baseball industry is not necessarily the easiest sell. Um, we can offer players a lot. I mean, because of the uh, minimum wage requirements, we will have the highest pay in the league. Uh, the travel, of course, will be easier. Um, so there are a couple things that are sort of baked in to what I can, you know, give as a pitch. 
you know, we still haven't won anything. We we have never taken the field. So for some guys, you know, it requires a little bit of a leap of faith. And I'm I'm very glad that um, we have uh, a number of players whom we've already signed um, that have sort of seen the vision of the project and, and want to be part of it. I mean, I really think Jeff, we can make best player programs in the in the entire country when it comes to independent baseball in any of the four partner leagues uh, because of our situation and our you know we're in the 10th biggest media market in the country uh, we have silicon valley we have a ton of uh, tech industry folks who want to get involved we we can offer players um, different things with sponsorships i mean there are a lot of things we are looking at that aren't necessarily things you would think go hand in hand with with, with independent baseball. So I think we're, we're, we're well set up to compete uh, in that area as well. But the, the launch was, was the sort of the first step. The first two months, we were all planning for the launch, making sure it goes well. Now we are preparing for the season. Tyler Peterson, the assistant general manager of the Oakland Ballers, as well as the play-by-play man out there in Oaktown. If you want to learn more about the Oakland Ballers, visit oaklandballers.com, and hopefully we'll look forward to seeing the Ballers out in the Garden City playing against the Missoula Paddleheads at Allegiant's Field, Ogren Park. Be sure to stay tuned in for more Paddleheads off-season news. We'll try to get in some signees for the Paddleheads in the coming months. Also visit with Michael Schlack and others. Get you ready for the 2020 for Pioneer League baseball season. But Tyler, thanks for taking a few minutes of your time here to let us learn about the Oakland Ballers and um, good luck with everything in the offseason. I'm sure we'll be chatting more um, in the coming months. Thank you, Jeff. You know, we're not scheduled to play you in the 96. That does not mean we won't play you this season, though. Yeah, no, there's definitely nothing that cannot happen when you're thinking about the Pioneer League and Paddleheads have been part of the postseason the last couple of years, so you never know. Tyler, thanks again. Thanks, Jeff. There you go, our guy Jeff Safford. Uh, with a great look at one of the uh, more interesting stories in this baseball offseason. The Oakland Baller is going to start play in the Pioneer League next season. Uh, big thanks to Jeff for that interview. You're listening to Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. First hour in the books. We'll be back after the break with Coulter and Brooks Nuanez breaking down the NFL for this week. Stay tuned. You're listening to Nuanez now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 